The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to another episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and I'm recording a podcast tonight with Wayne Ferret, which means that, hey Wayne, we've made it all throughout the season here. 17 plus weeks of podcast, even more including the playoffs, and the Super Bowl is on the horizon. We can see it's uh, set up for Sunday. How are you feeling? Um, it's it's great. I can't believe we made it through the full season. Uh, some, some minor hiccups. Um, sorry for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans who had to go through like 13 straight weeks uh, of playing, but regardless, uh, we made it through the full season when I want to say a lot of the people in sports media said that we weren't going to make it through. So. Um, kudos to the NFL for getting their act together with the protocols, and uh, and I'm looking forward to a really good game. I think this was the game that people wanted at the beginning of the year. I mean, you know, everyone kind of fell in love with Patrick Mahomes after last year, and then you know the goat didn't go far away. You know, Tom Brady changed new teams and said, "I'm going to make it back," and you know now he's the first quarterback ever to have a, a home field Super Bowl. So uh, I'm excited. I think they they saved the best for last this year. I think they did as well, too. I I do really, really believe that if anyone goes into the season going, all right, which Super Bowl matchup do you want to see the most? It's this one right here, just as you said, too. And the other thing with it is, is that you have just storyline after storyline after storyline built into this thing, which, as everyone knows by now, you've got the young goat versus the goat, you know, in, in Brady. But you really have a 43-year-old quarterback who's played for one team his entire career until this year against another quarterback who's basically just in the league, you know, his first couple seasons, to be honest, who's already putting up record after record after record, which I assume at some point he'll hit Brady's records. But in my mind, and I do have a question for you here eventually about, you know, Brady versus Mahomes, but we might save it for after the Super Bowl's over too, of, you know, if, if Mahomes loses to Brady in the Super Bowl, right, that's their, you know, that's their rematch of their game earlier this season. They played like in week 12. Is there any way at all Mahomes could ever touch Brady's GOAT status, you know, greatest of all time status? And, and to me, at least, it's 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 just an easy no. I don't think that, I think if Brady beats Mahomes head-to-head here at age 43 with a different team and a weird offseason going into it, etc., then I don't think there's any chance that Mahomes can be known as being better than Brady ever if he loses this Super Bowl. Uh, so I guess to put it in, like, perspective is, like, Regardless of however you want to look at it, it's such an uphill battle. And the other, I think the last podcast we talked about is like, if Patrick Mahomes retired today, would he be a Hall of Famer? And to be frank with you, like, no, the answer is no. I mean, that's the the quick, hey, you haven't been in the league that long. Yeah, cool, you want an MVP and you want a Super Bowl. Um, you're not necessarily a Hall of Famer yet. I mean, you got to put in realistically your, your hard work and effort. My thing with Patrick Mahomes is like, if he beats Tom Brady, like, all right, he's really, really projecting, you know, to get there. I mean, the way they built his contract out, it's pretty friendly in regards to the team and the contracts that are surrounding him. Uh, the thing you just got to look out for is like if somebody has a really big game in the Super Bowl for Kansas City and they hit free agency this offseason, like how are they going to respond to like, hey, Patrick's making this much? Like I felt that I was going to make, you know, pretty close to what obviously he's not. They're not going to get as much as Patrick Mahomes, but you understand where I'm coming from. Like they're trying to get more money these players, and I, I think that's just a really tough thing to look at like when you look at how Tom Brady maintained his success his whole career he always took a pay cut to make sure the players around him were really good um, because we both know that New England's not good at drafting wide receivers um, but with that being said I mean this is the first year that Tom Brady took a pretty decent sized contract and guess what it's not even top 10 in the league is, is the crazy part about it like we sit there and say well he, he went to Tampa Bay for all this money and in reality, it's really not that crazy of a deal that he took. So when it comes to – if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, if he wins, um, I think he's projecting, you know, projecting really well to, to get to that, you know, Tom Brady six rings, you know, possibly seven, whatever happens. But, I mean, if he loses, like, I also think it's good for him because it's going to be how does he – like, what's his resiliency like? Like he got rejected once. Like, how is he going to get up and respond to that? Um, because you know, he, we remember when I compare this very similar to Russell Wilson. Um, 
Russell Wilson with the Seahawks that first year, they absolutely smoked, right? They, uh, they, they beat the living crap out of the Broncos, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it wasn't um, even close. Yeah. It wasn't close. And it was like, wow, like that's the dynasty. Their defense is set up. Russell Wilson's young. They're going to be good. And I don't know if it was the next year or the year after that, but they got back. And then, I mean, they were supposed to be the dynasty. And then they, they lost. Russell Wilson did that pick on the one-yard line. And they've never really quite been that same dynasty powerhouse team since then. Like, think about it. And it's that one moment that really defines your career. It's like, how do you respond? And good for Patrick Mahomes. It hasn't happened yet, or it hasn't happened in period, right? But if it happens, like, that's what I'm curious to see what happens. I feel like if he loses this game, no, he'll never get to Brady's level. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. And I think with, like, the Russell Wilson concept or, you know, relationship he has to Patrick Mahomes, at least in the, you know, really young into the league and immediate success, is that once they... Once the Seahawks really had to start pay, paying uh, Russell Wilson and they couldn't afford to just pay the defensive guys all the same amount of money and the defensive guys got older and not as good and it became much more, hey, we're, we got to rely on Wilson to carry us. And now we're talking about not Tyler Lockett, not Russell Wilson, you know, et cetera, who are, who were not first round overall draft picks. You know, I think that's a well-known thing by now, too. We're not talking about guys on rookie deals that were, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth rounders or whatever. Instead, we're talking about DK Metcalf, you know, and Chris Carson fumbling it and getting injured and, you know, but also having a lot of success too. And we're talking about a bunch of other guys just on the offensive side. Whereas with Mahomes, I think that's what he does have going for him is that their offense is what's is is what powers them from day one. So, you know, barring any injury and knock on wood, all type of good stuff too, I think that Mahomes has every ability as you know, we can see to, to keep winning for years and years after this as well, too. But then again, if Mahomes retires at like, what, age 30, 80, uh, 33, let's say, right? Let's say Brady retires after the end of the season and in this what-if metaphor, Mahomes retires 10 years before Brady, you know, does age-wise. Then I think it's kind of a, okay, well, are we even putting him in the same era because he didn't play like 20-plus seasons? I mean, that's that's also just insane that Brady's been able to do stay this healthy, and play in this many, I mean, this is his 10th Super Bowl. I know we talked about it last week, too, but it, it's just insane overall. With the Super Bowl, though, I I know I gave a lot of hints and a lot of, hey, we're, we're going to get to the Super Bowl next week, next week. Now it's here. So I got to ask you, who do you think wins the Super Bowl um, on Sunday? Personally, I think that Tom Brady gets it done. And hear me out on my philosophy behind this whole thing. Wow. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of, oh, you're such a, you're unbelievable, Wayne. You're hating all Mahomes. And I, listen, I give Mahomes credit. Like it is what it is. But here's the thing there's never been a home field Super Bowl ever in the history of the NFL. Now, Calvin, when you go on a business trip, hypothetically, right? You have to go. You have to travel, right? You have to get on a plane. You have to go somewhere, right? You have to yeah. Stay when, at a hotel, when COVID right? ends, yeah, yeah. You have to stay at a hotel when it's not comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know you're used to playing in this weather, and you go down there two days before the game, and you got to you know figure it out. Tampa Bay, it's just business as usual for them. They're sleeping in their own beds the night before. They're eating their meals at their house the night before. They're used to this weather because they've been practicing in there. That's their practice field. I mean, Kansas City does not show up until two days before. So Friday night they show up. So it's like they have to do that traveling late to the game. They're not practicing in the weather, so they don't know what the humidity is like. They're not used to the feel. And then they got to just be prepared to play in that stadium where, again, it's a home field. Like, you're crazy. I mean, the Super Bowl price for the ticket right now is over $12,000 get in just to get in the door. And, like, in the reality of things, like, that's going to be filled with Tampa Bay fans. You're going to have your sprinkled Kansas City fans. Yeah, sure, I'm sure some of the healthcare workers that are there are going to be Chiefs fans, but, like, I feel like it's going to be overwhelming. It's only going to be 22,000 people, which is a pretty big number. Um, I would say about 19,000 of them will be Bucks fans. So that's my whole philosophy behind it. And I just, Brady's used to the big game. He's been here so many times. He knows he has to do He kicked his wife and kids out this week. I don't know if you heard that story, which is funny, the study. I did not hear that at all. Yeah. All so right. He's really focused. And I, he's out to prove that it was him and it wasn't Bill Belichick. And, I think this is a really big moment for the guy's career. And, uh, you know, it'll be really interesting to see, really see what happens. But I think the Tampa Bay comes out on top. And I know it's not the popular pick. I just, 
I just can't bet against Tom Brady at home in a home Super Bowl with, I mean, house money right now. So he gets to Antonio Brown back. And Antonio Brown, you know, who was chopping at the bits to get out there for the NFC Championship game, couldn't get out there. Now he's healthy for the Super Bowl, and he gets a chance to show the world that he can still play football on a national spotlight. I just think – I don't think the Bucks roll. I think it comes down to a last possession. Um, it might be kneel downs to end the game. So that's what I'm looking at. How about you, Calvin? So I, I think the home field advantage for the Super Bowl does play a factor – but I think it would play like a huge factor if it was in a cold weather climate or if it was just a little bit different. And we saw Brady go play in Green Bay in like, you know, close to freezing temperatures and all type of stuff. So I don't necessarily think it would hurt Tom Brady, but I don't know, maybe back to back weeks or, you know, a couple weeks off in between or whatever. It'd be different for the rest of his teammates. I will say this, though. Brady this season went five and three at home. And he overall was 11 and five on the season. So he won more more games you know, away, um, you know, not at home versus being at home. But at the same point, he also had a winning record when he played at home too. So he's got all that stuff working for him. And the other thing is as well too, is that Brady's insanely good. Like I, I can always give him credit for that, but he does have a bunch of weapons and it seems like Bruce Arians is really going to let it. Maybe he won't in the Super Bowl, but he definitely in the NFC championship game let it just go with Brady just let it ride of hey you know what right before that halftime play whatever else it is we're just going to let it go by you know go with Brady and for better or for worse I think that's definitely for better for this Buccaneers team because Brady's been there done that at the same point I, I have such a hard hard time picking against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs I really really do and I've thought about this and I've gone hey you know what all right it's Brady he's this is his 10th one he's six and three going into this it's just a Super Bowl record. And Patrick Mahomes is, you know, 1-0. He's 1-1 one one Super Bowl, right? So, what? okay, 1-0. At the same point, though, I the, the Chiefs just seemed like they were just playing around a lot of the season. You know, they just always seemed like they had one more gear to go. And, yes, there's the game against the Raiders where, you know, they, they definitely came back and got their revenge later and all type of stuff, too. But... Man, it, it's so, so hard for me to pick against the Chiefs. I just feel like they just have that one more gear to go. They have that one more thing on offense. They did that last year in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. It was just, oh, okay, they're, you know, they're down or playing close, whatever. And then just, you know, a little bit, they just ended up playing a little bit better or whatever and just had a little bit more momentum, a little bit left in the tank. And I think that could be the deal. We saw the Packers were not able to stand at all with, with the Buccaneers defense, but. I, I just I have such a hard time picking against Patrick Mahomes. Now, if his toe's healthy and he's all good to go there too, which I haven't heard anything about that this week or even last week, really, then I think he's good. And if his mobility is there, then, you know what, we've seen Mahomes just make insane plays. This is the biggest game or whatever. I don't think anyone's, you know, getting out if they're, you know, got some toe cramps or turf toe or whatever anyways too. I think they're playing no matter what everyone is. I, I just have a hard time, hard, hard time picking against Mahomes because I feel like they have that one more gear. So I'm going to go with Mahomes at least here. But who do you have for uh, MVP picks, at least for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going to the Super Bowl, listen, the the sexy popular pick that everyone goes is the quarterback, right? It's like, oh, the right, quarterback's right. going to be the MVP. And to me, I think it's kind of overrated. So I'm going to swing away from the, the quarterback being the MVP. Um I really think it's going to be an unsung hero, and I just feel like enough people are just not talking about Leonard Fournette. I just feel like he's going to have the game. Just understand, too, he's on a one-year deal. He got let go by the Jaguars and just right before the season jumped on with the Buccaneers. Like, before this year, I mean, he was going in first and second rounds of fantasy drafts. Like, this was a, you know, Bell Calvert running back who really just wanted out of his contract in Jacksonville because they had a clause that got rid of most of his guaranteed money. So, I think... He's now going to be on the scene. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, we'll get into prop bets and stuff in a second. You know, his over-under is 48 and a half rushing yards. If I'm a gambler, I would have bet over 48 and a half. We have a problem with you. I just think he's going to have a monster game. I don't think that Kansas City defense um, is going to be able to keep up with these guys. I know Steve Spagnola has won a Super Bowl against Tom Brady. Um, but I just feel like he's going to – Bruce Arians is going to keep him off balance. Bruce Arians has been working his whole career to get here. Bruce Arians has always made the excuse that – he never had a quarterback to get him this far. He finally does. And I think he's just ready for the moment. I think Brady knows what to do in this situation. And I personally think that 
you know, I think Leonard Fournette's going to be the guy that really gets him going because if you can open up that run game, oh, my God, Brady can just sit back there and throw the ball all day. So, I mean, that's just the way I look at it. I think that if the Chiefs go down early, I think they're in trouble. I think if it keeps going back and forth as a shootout, I think that's when it will come down to a final possession. But I think Leonard Fournette will be the guy because we're getting away from the quarterback conversation here. It, it could be really easy for me to say Tom Brady, but you know, I think a guy like Leonard Fournette, who hasn't really gotten enough acknowledgement this year, walks away with the MVP at the end of the day. All right. Well, I'm going to stick here with the the more, I, you know, saying a running back, I don't think it's um, too out there, but in this Super Bowl, it definitely is, just because you have all these pass catchers and you also have these two, you know, MVP. You know, I mean, little MVPs um, playing against each other in the Super Bowl, you know, in the past years. So I, I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes and uh, and move on a little bit. Before we get to some more of the questions about Matthew Stafford and Sean Watson, et cetera, et cetera, you know, talk about a little about the Eagles too. You know, what kind of Super Bowl prop bets are you looking at right now where you go, oh, man, you know what, this uh, really intrigues me and or this is just a fun one to throw out here too. Yeah, no, I, I laugh at all these things. It's it's so fun. Uh, every Wednesday before the Super Bowl, they they let go all the, the fun bets where it's like, how's the coin toss? Heads or tails? Is it going to be the correct call? Is the team who calls the the flip going to be the one who gets it right? Are they going to accept the ball first? Like that type of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big tails guy when it comes to the coin toss, so give me okay. tails all day. Okay. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be the incorrect call. You know, I think someone's going to call heads and it's going to be tails. Um the Gatorade color is always a topic of conversation. Believe it or not, you can't bet that in every single state. You can only bet it in three states. Wow. Uh, okay. New, Jer- New Jersey is one of them. So uh, Orange is right now the favorite at plus 125, uh, which is some pretty decent value. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you really think that they're going to come out with some crazy colors, like, you know, purple is plus 900. So, you know, there's definitely value there. But again, it's such a guessing game when it comes to that type of stuff. But you know, some of the ones I look at, like statistics-wise, um, you know, I laugh at this one because it's such a tricky one. But uh, over under rushing yards, Tom Brady half a yard. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one too. Yeah, okay. I feel like it, it, it's a half yeah. a yard, so I feel like you have to bet the over, right? Like if the guy falls forward as a quarterback sneak and gets three yards. You know, there you are. You're at it. But is that including um, like sacks on the other end as well too? Sacks and kneel downs take away. Okay. Yeah. So that's where it comes into play. Um, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes over under 19 and a half. I think that's an over. I feel like he runs for 30, 40 yards a game. Yeah. And then uh, like the one we were just talking about, Leonard Fournette, like to me, um, I think that, you know, that's 48 and a half is pretty young, like pretty small um, in regards to his yards per game. So um, if we're going over to receiving yards, so here's a really intriguing one as well. Uh, Scotty Miller over under 20 and a half receiving yards. Oh man. So, so wow. That's one catch for him really. Yeah. It's real, it. I mean, it's, you know, it could be one catch. It could be, you know, or it could be four, you know, whatever too. Right. If it's just kind of some weird exactly. stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. Who throws the first interception, you know? Ooh. What's the, who's the favorite on that? Uh, first interception, I think it's even money right now. I can pull it up again just to double check. I'm pretty sure it's even money at minus 110 each. Um, but, like, it's it's an interesting question. I think the Bucks defense is better. I think that they're, like, I think Mahomes is going to make a mistake in this game. I, I feel like it's a big, like, the Buccaneers defense is ran by Todd Bowles. And to be up front with you, I think he's a really good coach especially on the defensive side of the ball um but again i mean it's i i couldn't tell you put it that way <laughs> all right i got you yeah i i yeah. would take i see i would take brady for the first interception maybe not the most interceptions but the first one just because i feel like the bucks are just going to be taking taking a lot of chances you know to um because i think this is gonna be a shootout i i really don't think this is gonna be like the nine to 13 you know rams uh, Rams Patriots game that we've seen Brady play in before. I think this is going to be much more of a shootout. Just we we've, we've seen both these teams play. They're very really high powered offenses. And I believe exactly. when they faced um off against each other the first time, I granted a ton has changed since then. But still, Mahomes put up like what like forty plus fifty points or something crazy. So I you know I could see 
Mahomes throwing two picks, but Brady throwing the first one or something too. So that's yeah. a lot of fun. So you have that one, and then actually uh, for Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception, um, if he does, you're going to win a couple extra bucks on your dollar um, compared to if he doesn't. Brady, opposite. Um, it's more money to say he wouldn't compared to that. Um, you look at like receivers, like their first reception, how long is going to be? Antonio Brown, eight and a half yards over under. You know, mm. like a, that's mm. probably right where it's going to be, right? It's going to be like eight, seven yards if you're like an out, you know? Yeah. Gron- yeah. Gronkowski, first reception, nine and a half yards. Travis Kelsey, first reception, ten and a half yards. And it's like, these are the fun things about the Super Bowl. It's like, you know. Right, right. This you know, is it's a, like, yeah. How many rush attempts for, uh, or how many yards is Ronald Jones going to get on his first rush attempt? Three and a half yards. You know, like, at that point, it's worth it, right? Just throw the money and see what happens. A Tom Brady's first rush attempt, over under half a yard. Like, you know, like, there's money there. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> So, like, this is the fun part about the Super Bowl. People get really excited about it. Um, and then, obviously, you have your novel, your original bets, you know, you know, with the spread. The spread's three right now, like everyone suspected. Um, it's technically a neutral site, but it's really not. Tampa Bay is home. Uh, they're plus three at home, which is very rare to see. The over-under is 55.5 now. It started at 56.5, and a lot of people bet the under. And if you want to know how many people bet the under, over 70% of the money is on the under in the Super Bowl. What's that tell you? That a lot of these sports books are right, right? So guess what? If I were you, I would bet the over. That's just me. But again. Yeah, I think someone's can... scoring at least 30, if not both teams. I, I really do. I mean, I, I yeah. get I get why people are saying the under, though. I mean, I, I mean, I get it. We haven't seen them really, you know, just to, we haven't. The last Super Bowl, what, was like, ended up like, what, 24, you know, 20 or something, right? So that would be, you know. Be well, I mean, I mean, definitely is the under there, but, but man, I just got to think it's going to hit the over for sure. I think it's going to be a shootout too, um, but there is a little cause for rain, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, mm. And then, like, you have your any touchdown, anytime touchdown scores. Like, you know, who do you think is going to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Throw a couple names at me. Ooh, so I think Kelsey. Um, or are we going? I mean, clearly the quarterbacks, right? So I mean, so I got to go Kelsey. I think Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Any any of those three. And Tyree Kill, too. It's hard for me. It's, yeah, I, I think it's got to be, I'll, I'll say this. I think Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and then Mike Evans. I'll, you know, I'll do those three, I guess. Okay. So if you put down like a $5 bet for that, I mean, you would end up winning like $22 for all three of those guys to score. If you did Godwin, it would come out to $68. So there's definitely value there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, big sure. on, I'm big on Antonio Brown scoring this weekend. I'm really, really big on that. I think that that's going to happen. And then also the the Rob Gronkowski thing. You can't have a Super Bowl without Brady Gronk, right? It's just it's just bound to happen. We all know that. Right, right. It's so, uh, it's going to happen for sure. So yeah, man. Travis Kelsey will get in the end zone. Don't you know? I mean, that's that's your right. normal guys that will get in there. I, I think Leonard Fournette will get a rushing touchdown. And I like Mecole Hardman. Get from with you. I think Mecole mm-hmm. Hardman mm-hmm. finds a way in the end zone. So. Definitely going to be some uh, interesting ones out there for sure. So, I mean, oh, it yeah. should be a, a fun Super Bowl to say the very least. Oh, yeah. It'd be a ton of fun. And, of course, we'll be back here with the Super Bowl recap next week too. But with all that being said, we talked about the, hey, who are the Lions going to end up trading Stafford to and where do you want to see him go and where do you think, etc. Well, now the trade's happened. Uh, who do you think won this Rams-Lions trade, you know? I personally believe that the Lions won the trade. I've never been a Matt Stafford guy. I think that he's a guy who throws the ball way too much. I think that he's a guy that hasn't really proved anything in the league. Uh, he's a guy that's been overhyped and hyped and hyped and hyped, and they kept blaming on the coaching staff and blaming on the coaching staff and coaching staff. And I felt like at some point, like if you're a star player in the league, you would pick your team up and get them to the playoffs yourself um, and get it taken care of. And uh, personally, I – I don't know if this is going to get, make the Rams better. Maybe, uh, like I said, I don't realistically know what's going to happen there. But for the Rams to give up a young quarterback who's under contract to a rebuilding team like the Lions and then give them two first-round picks is just, like, to me, pretty asinine. And then they're throwing him a third-round pick this year. Now, I understand the first-round picks don't kick into next year. But Matt Stafford's injury-prone, right? He gets hurt all the time. So what happens when he gets hurt next year? Are you really going to ride on Wofford to win you the game? So, like, 
I felt like the Lions, the Lions were the winners to me because like they're clearly heading into a rebuild. They have a new coach. You know, they're going to start a new culture. Uh, they got a good running backs coach, Deuce Staley. I mean, the, they're going to turn things around up there. It's going to be with Jared Goff or without him. And worst comes to worst, the Lions have the cap room. And what they're going to do is they're going to end up just, you know, paying Goff, letting him work through it. And they, they'll know after year one if he's going to be their guy moving forward. If not, he's if they just want to keep playing him and it's just a full-on rebuild where they break it down and build it all the way back up, it's a transition quarterback. You don't have to worry about the quarterback position for a while. And I think Jared Goff has a lot to prove. I, I don't know much about this Dan Campbell guy that's the Lions coach. Nobody does. I mean, he was the assistant to Sean Payton for how many darn years. But, I mean – I wouldn't be – golf has been there. Golf's won games. Golf got to the Super Bowl. Like, it's not too far-fetched for him to refine himself. Uh, I just didn't know there was a big issue with the with McVay and golf until, you know, what, three weeks ago when they lost? So, I don't know. I, I just feel like Matt Stafford is going to go to a market now where there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because the Rams have been really relevant for the last three, four years. And if he comes in, man, if he flops, I'm not saying he's going to flop. He might be great his first year, and then after that, stink, you know? But if he flops, you know, it's not going to be a good situation for the Rams over there. Yeah, and Stafford just puts up a ton of fourth-quarter stats, too, which to, to me is one of those things where he's always trying to get his team back in a game, granted. But at the same time, it a lot of his stats are like when the game's kind of out of reach, right? When, when it's just a little bit too far for you to get back in and the defense is just playing, you know, kind of prevent or deep safety or whatever just to make sure you can't get in the end zone because they're up 14 and they're up 17 or, or whatever. And Stafford's just not not been a healthy guy. He's, you know, he's what turns like 33, I think, this weekend. And then, you know, of course we have Tom Brady who's playing, you know, at age 43. But let's say Stafford has the same kind of career length, is what I'm talking about here. It's like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 36, 37. I mean, yeah, maybe the Rams have a great run. Maybe they get back to Super Bowl Stafford, whatever. I'm with you, though. I just don't think he's a huge or dramatic upgrade over Jared Goff. I think Goff's a pretty darn good quarterback, but he's also a pretty mediocre quarterback. You know, I mean, he's um, he's a level up, or he's on the same level as, like, Teddy Bridgewater to me, you know, as far as Goff goes. He's like a guy who... You know, if the Saints have him this year instead of Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, they probably have the same kind of record, you know, with Goff. But that's because maybe they have Sean McVay and a bunch of other weapons on that offense. I don't necessarily think that Goff puts him, you know, that that far back of where they were at least just because I think Stafford's a good quarterback but not a great one. I don't think he's in like an elite tier. I don't think he's going to go win an MVP here with the Rams or honestly take him back to the Super Bowl. And they gave up a lot for him, as you said. They have the two first-rounders and a third-rounder because his contract is just as so so big anyways, too. Um, and Detroit could also, they have you know they have the number seven overall draft pick this year, so they could just decide, hey, you know what, we're also going to take Justin Fields if he's there. I mean, he's, granted, went to Ohio State, so he didn't go to Michigan, but he's a local guy, you know, et cetera. And if he's not there, then do they take, you know, the BYU guy or the North Coast State guy or whatever too and just go, you know what, hey, we're, we'll have Goff start like the first, you know, couple games or we'll have an open training camp or whatever just because we now have Goff, but we also have two more first-round picks and a third-round pick coming with us with Goff because his contract's just a ton of dead money if we do cut him. And I don't know if they will or not. I mean, that's a, kind of a good, you know something we can ponder on later on as we t- get closer to the draft or whatever too. But man, I just think, uh, I think Detroit got a ton of money for, you know, a ton of money and a ton of assets here for Stafford, which brings my other point here though, is that Deshaun Watson, a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, if that's where the bar is set for Stafford, then the bar for Watson's got to be double that or triple that or whatever. Because Watson's, of course, younger, not as injury-prone, and has a ton more upside, you would think, in a different system. And I, I'm i not there on that idea that Watson's going to just get, you know, three first-round picks sent back or four or something crazy. I think he's going to be worth about the same as, as um, you know, for whatever trade, just because Jared Goff had to go with this trade. And so I think that adds in that third-round pick or whatever when, if, 
Goff didn't need to go back to match salaries a little bit, but also just to kind of help out the Rams a little bit too there, then I think that, you know, Stafford would just be going and be like for two firsts, you know, or maybe even just a first, to be honest, who knows. But I, I think Watson's going to go back for, you know, for, for a good trade idea. But that brings me to the to the Watson thing. We know he publicly has demanded a trade. You know, it's no longer, oh, we hear it over here, hear it over there. He, he, yeah, he's, he wants a trade. He wants out of Houston. And there's a couple of some different scenarios we have here, but I want to ask you this. But first, do you think Watson is worth two first rounders and a third, or he's worth more, or that was just because Jared Goff had to go over with it, or you know, is what's Watson's value? Yeah, I don't think that they're going to get that much back in return for him. He's made it very clear that he's not happy. He's made it very clear he doesn't want to be there. Right. So all their leverage that that general manager had with a new team. Uh, it's just not going to work out, in my opinion. I think that it's going to be tough to move him. I think that they're going to try to not trade him. I mean, I know they he came out and said he wants out of there, but, I mean, has he really spoke to the new coach yet? You know, he, he when they hired the coach, he just said, I don't want to do it, you know? And at the end of the day, you know, we fall into this little circle where it's like, you don't get to choose which team you play for, right? You get drafted that's the team you play for. Like, you signed, the, you signed up for this last year. You signed his big extension, and a year later, once out. So I'm, I think it's going to be a game of hardball between them. I personally, I, I think there's a chance he doesn't get traded. I wouldn't say it's the highest, but I think there, it, like, that's a very big possibility. Um, on the other hand, like I personally think the New York Jets or the Giants are going to get him. Um, I don't think that the Carolina stuff is real. Uh, I think they don't have what it takes to really go get him, And, uh, I just feel like they want to make it work somehow, but they, you know, he hasn't really come out and said why he wants out. He's kind of just said, I demanded a trade. It got out and he's just very happy, very unhappy with what's been going on. But what are you unhappy with? Like, tell us, you know, it's like the way I look at it is like Aaron Rodgers doesn't get to choose his players in green Bay. He's never had any say, right? Tom Brady's never had any say in New England, right? And then he went to Tampa Bay. I'm sure when he got to Tampa Bay, he got to choose his guys on free agency and made it work. But the fact of the matter is, like, you signed the contract, you knew what you were getting into. Why a year later are you changing your mind? And, like, to me, it's like if I'm another team looking at Deshaun Watson, and you guys can say whatever you want about it. If I'm another team looking at him, I'm scared he's going to do that to me next year. What happens if he goes to the Jets and they go 3-13? and 13? He going to one out. What happens if he goes to the Giants and they they win five games, go five and eleven? Is he going to one out? Like I feel like this is going to be such a. If they let him go with this, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, now again, the, the odds are high that he's going to get traded, uh, which is you know fine. But again, like I, if he is going to go to the team, putting myself in the situation of the GM, like I personally wouldn't want him. I know that he's you know, put up some good numbers on some really bad teams the last few years. Um, but at the same time, like, I just, like I said, I wouldn't be comfortable with him knowing like what his demands are and how involved he wants to be with the team because at the end of the day, he's not an owner, he's a player and he's supposed to just play for the team. But I think that the Jets or the Giants, if he does get traded, will be where he goes. Giants I haven't heard yet, at least. And I think that's definitely an interesting one for sure. I get where Watson's coming from just a little bit because that DeAndre Hopkins trade was just so bad. I, I think we're going to look back and just go, oh my gosh, why in the world did that even happen? But now Bill O'Brien's gone and you got to you gotta move on, right? You got to go, hey, you know what? Let's just, let's keep it moving. And yeah, you can want your team to, you know, look at a, a new head coach or whatever. But at the end of the day, like you're said it best, you know, you are a player, so you don't have a ton of demands, you know, especially when you're not like an MVP or Super Bowl winning quarterback or whatever that, you know, had the head coach leave on some other thing. So the head coach left because he was a bad head coach, not because you're a bad quarterback. And, you know, it'd be great if he had some other weapons besides Will Fuller this past season, but he put up in crazy, crazy video game type of stats with DeAndre Hopkins. And since then, you know, I mean, he needs a lot of, a lot of help, it seems like, you know, and that's kind of where I come into the Dak Prescott thing. It's like, how many guys can we surround you with before we go, 
you know what? It may be maybe us a little bit. It may not just be you know. May may not be just you know what weapons you have. It may be you a little bit. I guess better way to say it. So, I mean, I I would love to see Watson, of course, be moved just because I, I like it when you know quarterbacks change teams or whatever on the NFL. And hey, I know he plays in the AFC, and so he doesn't even play in the Cowboys division. So of course, I don't want him to come play for the Giants because I think that would definitely make the Giants at least a little bit better, if not a lot. But I think it would be interesting, too, if he moves to another NFC team like, you know, the Panthers. And I, I know you think that's kind of just out there. And I've heard rumors that the Panthers are trying to trade for Stafford. And, you know, that got rejected or whatever by by the Lions. But I do want to ask, would, would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Christian McCaffrey on your team? Period. You know, which one would you rather have of the two? If, you know, if also you have to, if the Panthers, you have to send a first-rounder back with McCaffrey or, or whatever else happens. But... But let's say in this example, it's just Deshaun or McCaffrey. Who would you rather have? I mean, the the easy answer is right, Deshaun, um, because you know Christian McCaffrey is a running back, right? Um, but my thing is, again, like I'm going to go right. Is it worth the baggage that Deshaun's going to bring? And like that's just like now he's known around the league, and I mean that that's he's known for his now complaining of not getting what he wanted, and it's just it's only a matter of time before it happens again, and. And you can say, well, Wayne, that's not true. He's just simply just he simply just wants out of Houston for whatever reason. Yeah, but what happens when he goes, like I said, the, the next team, the same thing happens. It reminds you of the Antonio Brown situation, right? He wanted that all that that big payday in Pittsburgh, and they said, Nope. See you later. Boom, shipped you off to Oakland, right? Before they move or Vegas, whatever. And he was gonna go play for Vegas, and then he acted up again. What did they do? Boom, got rid of him. Right? And after that, he signed with the Patriots. And he was in the locker room for a week and then started acting up again. And then, boom, what happened? Got rid of him. Because these teams are just not going to, like, you know, take this. They're not, they're not going to let a player have this much power. Because it's ultimately, at the end of the day, their team. And they don't want distractions or anything getting in the way. They're winning teams. Like, if they give up three first-round picks for this guy, like, this guy better be dialed in. Right? He has to be dialed in. And he's not, like I said, that contract sitting there in the back of their minds. Like, his contract's more expensive than Carson Wentz's. Like that's yeah, exactly. It's like that's the crazy part. I mean, like I know Winston didn't play bad and like the you know, opposite conversation, but like you gotta absorb that contract and it's like a lot of it's guaranteed money. So it's like I again, like and I know Christian McCaffrey has that fat contract too. And this is the first year really that McCaffrey got hurt in his whole entire career. But he's a running back, and you know, your running back's only gonna last so many years. McCaffrey's not going to play 15 years in the league. He's going to play, I don't know, what's he been in the league? Four years now, so he'll probably play six another. more or yeah, something? Yeah. If that, if that, if he, well, no, he'll play six more. He'll probably get like eight more, right? Let's yeah. Yeah, yeah, 12 to, yeah, 12 to yeah. 15 maybe, but 15 so, tops is what we're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. I just think Deshaun Watson, just like I said, because it's, it's a more stable position, the quarterback position. That's why. But it's crazy for me to say that because – can I can I say none? No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I personally go okay. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, I see how much turmoil we have here with our current quarterback. Just as far as contract negotiations go, nothing really off the field. Dak Prescott seems like a five star, you know, plus citizen as everything goes off the field. I haven't heard anything about about him ever. But I've seen how contract negotiations have gone with him and with Ezekiel Elliott, and so being able to get one of these guys who's already under contract, you know, and seems like a good value under the contract, at least going forward, seems great. But I do hear you because I go, okay, let's say Watson gets traded to Miami or to the Jets, right? One of these two teams we've heard rumored a lot. All right, well, it seems like if he goes to Miami, Miami doesn't have to give up a ton for him necessarily just because Miami already has like three of Houston's first rounders or whatever it is. So it's not like Miami has to deplete their whole entire future to go get Watson. They already have their kind of future picks and they have some of Houston's so they just send those back and we can move on I do think about it this way too though is that whatever hap- what happens when Watson goes ah oh, crap now I play in this division you know or or whatever ah oh, dude oh you gotta be kidding me I play in you know whatever it is right I just really need more help we really need just more wide receivers on one hand I'm like well okay yeah I mean I can see here in Houston that Bill O'Brien made that DeAndre Hopkins trade and he's made you know, the Larry Tunsil trade, whatever, too, that have not looked great because those guys didn't get you to the Super Bowl or, you know, they almost won you a playoff game or won you a playoff game or whatever. 
On the other hand, I go, well, dude, you're not 30. You know, you've got a lot of time left, necessarily. I mean, he did play like four years at Clemson, so, yeah, he doesn't have the whole world in front of him. But I'm talking about like a one-year difference between him and like someone who, you know, left after their junior year. And it just there's a lot of time left in your NFL career where you could really try to work it out here in Houston with a brand-new regime, brand-new head coach, and go from there. And, and listen, he, he said he wants out. I assume they'll we'll have some storylines down here, you know, when we get much, much closer to the season or whatever, if he's not traded by then, of will he reports and all the same type of stuff that we hear about Dak Prescott with contract negotiations too. But I just think that, you know, if you're Watson, like you've already been playing for Houston for a while. It's on kind of you now to go, hey, you know what? No, I'm staying here and I want us to make sure we get Antonio Brown or we get you know, whoever other the free agent, you know, wide receivers are and, you know, helpful tools that are out there. Because if you're a good quarterback, the way you become a great quarterback is that we know household names like uh, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, um, oh, who else? Wes Welker, you know, who was uh, actually from Oklahoma City, and several other guys that we could talk about forever. Now, Randy Moss is the exception because he played with Tom Brady, but that wasn't for his whole, that wasn't for Brady's whole career, you know, with the Patriots. And, you know, I know a ton more about Tyreek Hill than I ever thought I would because he's, but he's a fifth round draft pick at the end of the day for, you know, for the Chiefs. That's worked out extremely well and they're able to use him really well. But also, Mahomes able to give him the ball. So I think it's a little bit on Watson, too. Also, just kind of, hey, you know what? You're known as a great, great quarterback whenever you don't have all of the tools in the entire world at your belt and you're still able to be good. You know, like you said earlier. Aaron Rodgers isn't going out there going, you got to be freaking kidding me. We couldn't draft a you know wide receiver in the first round last year, and so we drafted a quarterback. Not staring Aaron Rodgers is throwing it to Devontae Adams and making do with what he's got. You know, he's not complaining publicly to the press or whatever. He has made his kind of gaffes here and there, I'll, I'll say, of going, yep, I guess I'm going to fill up the rest of the, you know, the, rest of the, the glass here with tequila after they drafted Jordan Love. But, you know, that was kind of the soundbite of it, and we, we move on. We don't have Watson... You know, uh, complaining and saying, oh, I demand a trade now just because that, you know, I mean, I know it's not his first contract anymore. He's on the second one, but, but still, it seems like a lot of quarterbacks just need to get a little bit more time. Brady had immediate success, but as we've seen before, you can't judge your whole entire career on like the greatest of all time. You know, if you do that, then that's really where you shoot yourself in the foot. Instead, is Deshaun Watson better than Eli Manning? And right now, he's not. He has not been to two Super Bowls and not won either of them, right? But he's hopefully got 10-plus years left of playing NFL football, and we can see how his career matures from there. I just also think that, dude, in your division, you have the Colts who need a new quarterback. You have the Jaguars who have the first overall draft pick this year and may or may not be good with a brand-new head coach. And then your team's not horrible. You know, all things considered, right? Like, uh, there's one more team I'm forgetting about there in that AFC South. I think it's Tennessee, right? So they're they're pretty darn good, but but you're not in the the toughest division in football. You know, um, yeah, you're not in the NFC least or East, whatever we want to say. But you're also not in the toughest division in football. You're not playing in that the AFC what North, right? Where you have the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Bengals on the come up too. So. Maybe just kind of, you know, keep, you know, be where your feet are and try to work a little bit harder with where you're at and hopefully attract some guys in the offseason to come your way too and use some possible free agent money to go, hey, ownership, hey, listen, I will stay here for sure, but can we please try to go get a Travis Kelsey type of guy or a uh, George Kill type of guy or whatever, you know, in, in the draft too. Uh, I mean, it's just those guys don't come around all that often, but try to, you know, be where you're at and get better with where you're at too. Yeah, exactly. And that's just the overall reality of, you know, things with Deshaun Watson. Um, I guess, you know, we're leading up to the game. Obviously, it's, a, you know, a pre-Super Bowl. You know, we covered about everything going on in the league right now. Um, you know, I take a look at it. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the Eagles press conference with their uh, their new head coach and – Yes. Yeah. The Philadelphia media ate the guy alive. You know, they asked the guy the same question five times in five different ways who the quarterback was going to be. The guy just got there. He didn't sit down and dive into everything yet and get to know people, right? But he was reading all the note cards when he first started. 
you know, I've heard nothing but good things about the guy around the league. He started off at Mount Union. If you don't, if you're not familiar with that, uh, look up that school. They're usually a powerhouse football program. Um, they're D one double A, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, <laughs> you can always find something to complain about here in Philadelphia. It's Super Bowl week, and today they, you know, Adam Schefter went on without having any, you know, proof that Carson Wentz said he wants out of Philadelphia. And again, he said, well, that's not necessarily true that they're going to trade him. Like, well, what does that mean? You just said he wanted out and now it's, you know, going back on it. And I feel like ESPN and the media, they know that Philadelphia thrives with this drama. They love the Philadelphia drama. And like Carson Wentz hasn't come out and said anything. Like I said, since what? Since he got benched in, what was it? The early December against the Packers. And I'm oh, sorry. So it might've been a. Uh, was it December, November, one of the two, regardless. The guy hasn't said anything. Maybe, you know, the season just ended. Let the guy breathe a little bit, you know? Maybe he leaves a little you know, free time to free up his mind and decide what he wants to do yet. Um, I think that if he wanted out and it was that bad, he would have been traded already. That's just front and center. The Eagles would have shipped them and got rid of them. But I don't necessarily think that's the truth. Um, I, I think that the guy is going to have a quarterback competition. I think he's going to get the first jab at the job. It's his job to lose, really. Uh, but Jalen Hurts spoke yesterday and – they asked him, you know, who's going to be the starting quarterback next year? And he said, that's a great question. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my – I can't control that. I'm going to put in my work and, and try to – like, he's saying the right things. And they're, like, applauding him for that. But they're not saying anything about Carson Wentz. So it's just, like – it's just nonstop drama here. And it's, like, you know, you have the, the Philadelphia Flyers. Obviously, I know this is a football podcast, but the Flyers are doing well. And then you have the Sixers who are doing well. But nobody wants to talk – they want to talk about the, you know, the Eagles. You know, they, you know, it's, oh boy. But yeah, that's what's going on in Philadelphia this week. It's Super Bowl. You know, you're excited to, you know, watch and get away for a little bit. And just, I just asked for one week. That's all I asked for. I still can't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of know that Dallas media, that's fortunate for me here is that I don't live in Dallas and just hear, you know, 105.3 the fan or whatever every single day. But whenever I've driven back and forth to Dallas before, I've definitely heard enough of the radio segments of the Cowboys and all type of stuff. And, you know what? I'm not a Mavs fan. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And at the end of the day, like, cool. You know, I hope Dak Prescott's contract situation works out, but I'm not inundated with all the information every single day because I don't live in that city. Whereas you definitely live in Philadelphia. I mean, you're going to hear every single thing all the time, too, it seems. But rightfully so. I mean, it is a question. I, I of course, wish that, you know, Philadelphia would talk a little bit more about the Sixers or Flyers or whatever it may be, the Phillies, what just signed Real Mudo. Two. They got Didi back, yeah. I yeah, mean, they're, and they got, they fixed up their bullpen a little bit. They got Chase Anderson today. I mean, it's like yeah. I, I listen. Like, it's just like people just need to back. Like, obviously, the Eagles drama sells. The whole world knows that. Everyone loves to see all the drama. Drama sells. We all know that. Um, you know, just one week. That's all I asked. <laughs> just, one week. One let week. Collect, yeah, let me just collect myself for a week. You know, I'll I'll say it this way. I, I the introductory press conference for coaches either makes you feel really really okay or really really bad it's not gonna make you feel incredibly good about the coach because either you're gonna be like all right well all right i'll believe when i see it you know i mean what are you gonna take away from a press conference besides hey you know what the guy has spoken to reporters before or he hasn't or he looks great in front of the camera or not but you know he's an nfl head coach i'm not paying him to be a pr guy and i know that's defending the eagles new head coach a little bit here but i also am a strong believer in all right let's let your record speak for itself because we've seen how mike mccarthy's record is Spoken for himself before, and now I'm just really curious to see how the rest of his, you know, tenure goes here with Dallas and what they're able to do because it's, uh, it's not like he was getting interviewed by other teams and said it was Colin Moore. So, you know, and I know that doesn't really happen. Head coaches don't get uh, go interview for other head coaching positions, but oh well. Um, I, I I think that Philadelphia will figure it out, though. I mean, I I really hope Dallas figures it out, of course. You know, first with our quarterback situation, as I've said several times during this podcast now, but <laughs> but but man, that's just that's just one that just hangs over my head because I see you know every so often. Well, well, what if Dallas ended up trading for Deshaun Watson and they end up trade like no 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 let's figure out what we got. Like the Dak Prescott price is not going lower. You know, Prescott's going to play, and then if he's if he's medically okay to okay to play. It's not like he's going to go out there and immediately just be horrible or something. You know, it's not like this was an arm issue. It's a leg issue. And if he's medically cleared to play, you would think that, hey, you know what? He might be a little bit less mobile, but 
Dak Prescott's never been like a, a dual threat quarterback. You know, he's used his legs to get some yards, but he's not Lamar Jackson out there. You know, he's not even Patrick Mahomes out there, you know, scrambling around in the back of the pocket anyways. So we'll see how he ends up playing. I, I hope the Dallas figures it out. And you know what? I I am the firm believer that, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have, that means you have none. But at the same point, Carson Wentz going to go up against Jalen Hurts to figure out who's the real guy is uh, is a more of a fun topic we can talk about versus going into specifics of contract negotiations with Dak Prescott, right? So it's a yeah. little bit it's a little <laughs> bit of the brighter side of things. And you know what? Hey, the other day at uh, at least we are not Washington or in the same in the same aspect here. If you're here, and the Giants might try to trade for Watson, at least we're not New York. Giants either because those are definitely tougher that, situations. I read something the other day that they're gonna they're attempting to get involved in the Watson sweepstakes, but uh, again, I don't know how true that is. I saw something the other day. I said, I don't know if that's gonna be the right thing for their franchise. They finally got it going the right way, um, but I think that would cost them probably Chase Young. And is that worth it? You know, I can't think it would be at all. And also, what's Houston's fascination with getting like defensive ends? I mean, that Javon Clowney was the guy to get at the time, but you already have JJ Watt. Like, what, what else? Who else do you need on that defensive line? You guys need some uh, offensive line help. It seems at least in Houston or whatever it is too. So who knows what they end up doing? Um, I mean, Houston overall needs like a revamp, but it seems like they're going for it. So. With all that being said here, Wayne, as always, thanks so much for joining me here on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Um, please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. Any final thoughts here, Wayne, as we end out the podcast? I'm looking forward to a really good Super Bowl. I'm excited. Um, I'll obviously be a little bit busy this weekend, but I am nonetheless excited to watch Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes play football um, in a game where I don't have to worry about the Eagles losing. You know what? Um, same here. I uh, I can focus more on the prop bet type of stuff and think more about that. At least I've never been a huge betting guy myself. But you know what? It's kind of it's kind of fun when we talk about Super Bowl squares and all type of stuff too. When everything goes on and you're not necessarily going huge, huge hopes, high or not on uh, the Dallas Cowboys winning. Of course, since we have not been in Super Bowl since basically I was born, wouldn't be wouldn't be mad if we got back. So um, I definitely would be more than happy to have that uh, worries in my mindset as the Dallas Cowboys go in to play the Super Bowl than, than not. But you know what? Uh, I'm fine with hoping that it's just next year at this point because it should be a great Super Bowl. So, Wayne, thanks so much again, and we'll catch you guys again soon.